0: Welcome to the Shell Wormers Podcast, the show about toys, why we like them, our connections to the figures, and their relevance to bigger topics. I'm your co-host Darby, and tonight we're going to talk about trunk novels.
1: And I'm your co-host Sugu. And tonight we're going to talk about revisiting old memories and pulling stuff Out.
0: By way of introduction, I'm Darby Harn, a freelance writer and editor and an independent author. Publishers Weekly called my novel Ever the Hero an entertaining debut, which uses superpowers as a metaphor to delve into class politics and an alternate America. You can find more information about me and my books at DarbyHarn.com. I'm also on Twitter at Darby And
1: I'm Sugu, your co-host. I work in IT and education, and I'm also passionate about writing and story. You can find some of my travel writings on allaboutjapan.com, where I've written various articles about my life and perspectives in Japan. Tonight, we're going to talk about trunk novels. I don't know what trunk novels are. Uh, Darby, why don't you tell me and therefore everyone else, what is a trunk novel and why are we talking about them?
0: Well, as everyone knows, a novel, a trunk novel is a novel that has a trunk on it. no. Um, the trunk novel is, um, for authors is the, a book that they've written that goes into the proverbial trunk. So they wrote it, maybe they tried to sell it, maybe they grew unhappy with it. It goes into the trunk and, and most all authors have, have these, uh, some have a lot, some don't, and you sort of accumulate these in your journey. Uh, as you become a better writer and you, especially if you're attempting to sell something, you, you're probably your early efforts to sell, unless you're very lucky, are probably unsuccessful. So, you probably have a couple of these that end up, um, going in the trunk that no one ever sees. And, um, I thought it was interesting to talk about for a couple of reasons because as I, I caught a, video that Brandon Sanderson did, uh, last week or the week before about trunk novels of which he has a, quite a few. Um, and he was just sort of talking about them in the way that he always sort of characteristically is talking about his writing. Um, and I thought that was just interesting. And then I also thought it might be fun. I, so I kind of want to talk about, like, talk with you about like, what sort of is lurking in our, in our Proverbial trunks. What sort of experiences do we have with sort of writing things and putting them away, and do they ever come back out? You know. Um, uh, so I thought that'd be kind of fun, and and, uh, and then also I do have a little bit of news about a a novel, a book of my own that's going to come out next year, which is actually probably the case example of the trunk novel in my, uh, in my, uh, what would you call it? Ouvrah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Oeuvre, yeah. My sort of, uh, bibliography as it were. Um, so I thought that would all be interesting, but, uh, yeah. Um, so it was very sad that do you have, so you, I don't know if I know this or not. Did you, have you ever, have you ever written a novel? Do you have trunk novels?
1: Uh, do you remember that one that I was working on for a while back in what 2001 2002 Uh, the character was Lucian was his name Mm -hmm. yeah and uh, yeah I've been I was working on that writing it I was working on it back when I was a bartender came to Kansas City was working on it and then I just stopped it just kind of stayed in a file in my computer. that
0: was it was sort of was that sort of sci-fi or fantasy or both?
1: Yeah, yeah, a bit of both.
0: I remember you did, did you did you um I remember reading some of it. Did did you finish a draft or were you just no. always working on it? No.
1: No, I was working on it for a while and then uh I don't know, I kind of got bored with the story. I didn't like where it was going, I didn't like what it was doing, and I was like, all right, I'm done. How
0: How far did you get?
1: Uh, gosh, I don't remember now, I think 100 some pages? 111, 113? Okay. So, I'm not sure if that counts based on your definition, but well, that's probably the this is- I have to it. Okay. Yeah. I mean,
0: well, just as a trunk novel, I trunk novels are usually completed, but I, 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 I there's no, there's no committee that's regulating, uh, what it is or isn't. <laughs> I, that's an, that's a, I, I, re, I remember that. Um, that's it. Yeah. That's interesting. What, um, what you said you got bored with the story. What, what, what about it that, what led to that sort of boredom or dissatisfaction
1: it was it was getting unwieldy for Mm -hmm. one um yeah yeah
0: (laughs) i know that feeling
1: yeah it was it was just getting unwieldy everything i was writing was creating more questions than answers then um it didn't make sense either the stuff that i was writing just stopped making sense Uh, within the world within like my own writing it just felt really weird Mm. and then it didn't feel genuine it felt like i was forcing it i was forcing a story that it wasn't there and then the world itself kind of collapsed uh it didn't feel like a real world it felt very contrived um it felt like all of the elements that I had written in there were uh, were dictated by the plot as opposed to organically there. Like I had I, I had a river there that was 15 miles wide. Why? Oh, because I felt it was long enough so that you can't swim across it, but short enough that it's still actually able to be crossed that was dumb reasoning for myself. Like <laughs> the, the only reason it was 15 miles wide, exactly 15 is because of that, because the plot <laughs> needed a character to cross the river, but to make it difficult for other people not to be able to cross the river. It's like, okay. yeah, it is just, yeah, it it, it was just unwieldy. And yeah,
0: and okay. I got bored sure no I know I know that feeling where you just sort of lose interest in something and it's like I I, I feel like for me it's like any relationship where you lose interest it's like once you it's that's gone it's sort of gone it feels like to you know what I mean it's like I you know at least myself speaking only for myself I find it difficult uh if not impossible uh to re-engage on something where you're just like "Eh." (laughs) yeah Yeah. that includes writing
1: and i stopped caring about the main character how Mm. how crap is that if you don't even care about your own main character
0: (laughs) yeah if you don't if you're not engaged if you're not invested in the character then it's doomed like you know um so yeah that's really interesting um I yeah I yeah I, I, I think the whole thing is interesting because everybody's got sort of skeletons in the closet. I certainly do. I have several trunk novels which will never see the light of day. Um, I had um, I had written the one that I was writing and that um, in the same period that you were around college, post college. Was the sci-fi space opera, which at the time I was calling, was it Wandering Star? Oh yeah, um, yeah. Um, which you had read, and um, I wrote. It was a trilogy, and it was going to be my big sci-fi space opera trilogy, and um, utter utter trash. Uh, looking back on it, but I actually started writing that in. 1996 six yeah um and that started as a screenplay and um and then I started writing it as a novel oh probably 99 2000 it was when I when I at Iowa or just before and it just wasn't it was never any good but um I I was always working on it up through, through that into, through, what is it? 2022, um, that novel, that idea, the core idea that started in, uh, 96, uh, eventually became, uh, kept evolving. I kept trying it. There's a very long history, which maybe I'll get into as we go on. Maybe not. Um, that was the, uh, on the podcast, we did a podcast uh, where we talked about Mary Spender uh, a few months ago, and uh, we were talking about independent art and that type, and making it, quote-unquote making it, and I had mentioned on that pod that that book, um, that I had a book on submission with a publisher, um, I have had for most of 2022, that was uh, the space opera in question, oh uh, okay all right and uh so i was waiting to hear back on that and then on thanksgiving day i did and they re- they rejected the the book this publisher who i won't name and as i mentioned on the pod with mary i had um i was sort of ambivalent anyway because mm-hmm. i was sort of i've sort of been leaning in out into
1: independent yeah anyway
0: and I, you know, it was this weird thing. I I had gotten a message from somebody in the morning on Thanksgiving to expect to hear from these folks at the publisher, which prompted me to think that it would be positive. It wasn't. And and there was a momentary that, you know, that little pinch of like, you know, um, woe is me. Um, but then, um, but then I immediately got on the phone with Al, who does Al Hess, who does the covers, uh, for my books to do talk about this. And, and I immediately got on the phone with a couple close friends of mine, writers to sort of talk about, um, next steps and realizing that I, 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 you know, I had, I've had this sort of, uh, in the chamber as it were. Uh, for a very for a long time and uh, so the last few weeks have been mobilizing on all fronts uh, to bring this book out and so I had also talked on the pod about next year being uh, eververse book four Uh, he that book black market heart may still come out next year um nothing wrong with it but what I'm but I am I'm calling an Audible, and instead of that book coming out in May, um, this the space opera. uh, I'm going to independently publish the space opera in May or June um, and do it myself and do it right. I'm very excited, very thrilled about this. I love this book, finally. And um, I'm excited to to open up sort of a new chapter in my journey as a self-publisher but I'm also thrilled just to have this book the sort of zombie novel out out of the head out of the out, out of the trunk out of the space into the wild mm-hmm. and I can talk about it a little bit more uh, if you're interested but I just I just thought it was interesting because this book has literally been sort of, you know, I always think of the telltale heart. It's literally been clawing at the floorboards for 20 odd years. And, um, the other thing that's fascinating about it is that the core story has not changed from 1990, whatever it was, 96, 97 to now. Like if you just looked at an outline, it it's the same so we're still and,
1: talking about finn i believe was his name
0: well some things have changed <laughs> but the, the 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 story where they they go here and they go there and they're trying to do this is the same um the characters are so let me yeah let me talk a little bit about it just uh, this is uh, it's got some breaking news folks i guess as far as this uh this first uh, i'm going to talk about this anywhere um So the space opera is called Stargun Messenger. What's a Stargun Messenger? Uh, Stargun Messenger is basically sort of a, is what the main character is uh, in the book. It's a, uh, the main character is Astra Adari. Uh, Adari is a messenger who basically in the galaxy, the universe that she lives in, they hunt down Thieves, uh, they're basically the law, they're deputized, but basically what they're doing uh, is they're hunting down thieves who steal something called filamentium, which you may remember, Sugu, from the original draft.
1: Vague, uh, yeah.
0: Filamentium is a fuel that allows for uh, faster-than-light travel. Um, it's, the only, it's the only means of doing that. So that is monopolized by uh, the scab who are the villains in the, in the piece and, uh, messengers are basically their proxies. Um, so I might read just a little bit of the blurb, not all of it. I'll read a little, get people, you know, talk about it. I, um, cause I kind of enjoyed writing this finally. Uh, so real quick, uh, Astra Adari is a mess. Uh, she drinks too much, remembers too little, and barely pays for it all as a stargun messenger. She hunts down thieves who steal filamentium fuel that allows for faster-than-light travel. I mentioned that. So when Adari meets Gin Emira, she meets the girl of her dreams in the last living star. There's just one problem: filamentium is only found in the blood of living stars. So that is, in a nutshell, your elevator pitch. I think the kids call it. Mm-hmm. Um what the book is, and um it's very um The Living Stars, Filamentium, Emra, who is had a different name way back when, Adari had a different name way back when. Um We're all there. Uh the scat had a different name way back when. Um Uh, are are all we're all present in the original and the core story is basically the same and uh i'm it's been very challenging to get the book into the shape it's in and to get to take it from the trunk novel part where i I, it was legitimately dead at one point and it was never going to see the light of day and then uh to get it to this stage here and um there's a lot that goes into that but um but i'm excited about the book the actual book will be out like i said in may or june i haven't solidified a date um i was hoping to do an audiobook from the beginning that probably that doesn't feel like it's going to happen right now we'll see um we are going to do something a little bit different with the book so instead of starting with the paperback uh right off this time we're going to start we're going to do a hard cover and it's going to have a wraparound jacket co- <clears throat> a jacket sleeve with a wraparound cover by al which is going to be really fun and then we'll do the paperback later so uh
1: real quickly you you used another term zombie novel what's the difference <laughs>
0: That's just what I call them. Oh, they're okay. they're, gotcha. they're just they're just books that won't die. So this is a great example of a book that will not die. And in general, with most writers, it you 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 should probably, I think, I don't know, I, people probably feel differently about it. You generally don't go back to these books. There's a reason that they're, they're not. You don't publish them. Yeah. Um, uh, it's because they, you know, the they didn't work. They were, they were, they were sort of they, they were sort of a part of your uh, maturation as a writer, and so. But this story has always stuck with me. Um, uh, these characters have always stuck with me. I, I, I knew from early on that the story was right, that the characters were right. There was very, there's a lot of obstacles in the way to that big obstacles that took years to get around. Um, I did not realize until recently that Adari was an avatar for being autistic. (laughs) Adari is is an android who is connected to her ship's AI and Adari is assaulted and inundated by sensor information and sensory data. through this connection so she perceives not only herself and her person but the ship's external self and then the ship's sensor data which everything that's coming at the ship right she's perceiving all of that in real time it's overwhelming for her one of the reasons why she drinks um i did not realize sugu until my old age that for 25 years that adari was an avatar for that um Um, that was one of the ops. Once I realized that that was helpful (laughs) in, uh, getting the story and I did not realize that her relationship with Emra, um, how they functioned, um, together and what they represented to each other until just recently. Um, so that was helpful. Um, and then just becoming a better writer, obviously, um, a uh, a uh, uh, a good writer hopefully <laughs> but in general yeah you generally avoid going back to these and especially as an independent author i think what happens what w- the vibe i get is that w- because in traditional publishing you generally don't go back to the well for the unless you're a huge author and you get they get to a point where you they just need content from you and, and sometimes you'll see some authors go back to Stephen king had one or two books trunk books that he put out under a different name which was R- richard bachman right um that was uh that he's
1: the, that king one
0: oh god i forget the name it was back in the 80s and he sort of for he played this game for a while where he um he d- didn't acknowledge that he was richard bachman and then finally it, it came out. Um, So, and you know, when you're prodigious, like Stephen King or Brandon Sanderson, you have a lot of these and I have a few, but I I don't have 10 or 20 like these guys and you generally avoid them. And then as an independent artist, you're probably not, your, your instinct is probably because it's content and everybody's telling you as an independent artist, artist, you need to, you need to generate content for engagement. You're probably thinking, I'll just put out this fantasy quest D and D novel I've had and I'll put it out and people will read it. But that also you don't want to just do that either. Because for the same reason. Because you don't want people to read it and then like, oh my God, you know, like this is this is not good. Um the same principle
1: applies.
0: You want no matter what you're doing or how you're doing it, yeah, you want quality content. And so I could have pressed at any point in this journey as as being an independent author, I could have pressed uh, submit on this particular book, but that I never wanted to do that. I never would have done it because I always thought it was good. You know, I, at various points I thought it was dead. I thought it was doomed. I had, there was a very, very, very low point at which it was just destroyed. Um, and I never, th- I thought nothing would ever come of it. And then um, that and I took some idea you people will find some similar ideas in um, between ever the hero and this book in some ways that I won't get into I won't bore people with and also I'm gonna function differently now in this in the book um, but so I that's what happens too is you take ideas that didn't work before and you put them into new in, into new books but um but this book though didn't this book became sort of a zombie novel it wouldn't go away it wouldn't die and then as i the last few years i've talked elsewhere on the pod about sort of personal journey sort of better understanding about myself i got to a better understanding about adari and her story and her journey um and the the world finally settled and she settled the story settled the story was always right the story was always there it was just seeing clarity things like that and i submitted it and you know and i was i was hopeful you know that they this publisher would take it um you know it, it would be nice but it didn't happen and then uh, i was already kind of had one foot out the door and um and i was just i sprang immediately from like I said, just a little bit of moment of just, you know, that sort of, you know, darn it. Um, but I sprang immediately into action. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this is going to be the next book for me. And I'm excited to share more as we get there. Um, and I'm dying for people to see this cover from Al because it's going to be epic as shit. so. Is the but,
1: cover already finished?
0: No, but uh, Al is working on it right now, and um, it's if you enjoy Al's covers for uh, his books and for mine, uh, the, this one is gonna. Uh, we're both we're both pushing ourselves, Al and I, on this one. And uh, Emira is a living star. She's a luminor in the book, and she the living stars are literally what it says on the ten, and so they are living uh she's appears human humanoid but she glows she has a ethereal sort of glow she's blue there are other different as with stars there are different colored stars uh but she's sort of blue so that might give you an idea of the cover what okay. what to expect <laughs> what to
1: expect when we get there all right so um <clears throat> What made you bring it out of the trunk? I went to
0: so my friend uh, essa Hansen, my dear friend Essa, is a, a sound designer for Skywalker Sound. and um I went to visit her, uh, went to skywalker ranch and in the and in the uh, the home hub of Star Wars, whatever you want to call it, I was. Uh, I was stirred and I was inspired to return to the story. Who was this 2018? I think.
1: Yeah. I was going to say that was a, a while ago. That was a couple of years.
0: The book had been dead for a very long time at that point, but I was inspired to go back to it because I had been inspired by Essa Essa Hansen, uh, I'll just say right now is the primary reason this book is coming out. Um, the. For a lot of reasons, Essa is. She's a great friend. She's a great writer. She's instrumental in helping me on my journey, uh, sort of as a autistic person and an autistic writer. Um, and this experience that we had motivated me to return to the story because I had abandoned the story. I had not thought about it actively uh in a long time and i was you know you're sort of soaking up star wars and i'm like i want to you know i want to go back to it i want to see if i can go back to it i went back to it i shared it with essa essa tore it apart it was terrible it was no good it was bad and that experience uh that bloodletting that occurred was instrumental in helping me understand some things about my uh challenges as uh, being autistic and being a writer that moment was the um watershed moment i don't know if that's the right word but um the book was bad it was bad it was not good but the bones were there that then progressed so these things take a long time for me to develop to unfold for me to untangle the knots and so that took a couple more and I tried successive drafts. There was then a very different version of it which went away from the core story, which I liked a lot. That some people read and liked was much better, but then I did but then I knew that when I did that is when I knew that I was I I was on the wrong track. That the right track was the original story the original idea. And so I went back to it. And I was always working on it here and there not, it wasn't like I ever sort of because I've been working on the other books, you know, the last several years, the Eververse books, mm-hmm. um, I would just sort of pick at it and pick at it. And I would work on it. Until finally, I got her into shape, a shape that was okay and then i submitted that to the publisher in march february, february or march of this year um and then having just really ongoing conversations with al about some aspects of the book which i won't talk about today um, helped sort of continue to, to sort of uh unpack my understanding that continued all through this year And so just a little bit of, you know, you sort of making adjustments. I was up until yesterday, like yesterday, I was a line here, a word there. But then you realize that that's all you're doing now. And it's 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 a weird sort of sense of uh, being done. I'm finally done with this book Um, that continued up up through this year. And then um they rejected it <laughs> and um and then i immediately was like okay i'm going and then there was one last thing that changed after the rejection that was sort of did not work and then talking talking with al i i understood what was not working for it and that was a relatively minor change but significant in the story and then that's so now she's done and um, and, uh, yeah, and so that's what, uh, that's what led me to it. And, uh, you know, that's, it's been a journey of about four or five years. It'll be five years when it comes out from the point mm-hmm. at which I was like, we got her back, we got a heartbeat back to, um, to this point. So I could have waited, uh, real quick. I could have waited. I could have just put the book four out, Eververse book four out on schedule and waited, but I didn't want to wait for some reasons I talked about on the Mary Spender pod. It's like I, I I desperately want and need to do something new. I want to make some changes next year. I have to make some changes next year for throughout every aspect of my life. This is part of that. This is uh, getting on a new path and a new door i'm i'm i love this story i love these characters i want people to meet these characters i hope they love them as much as i do i hope they feel the same sort of excitement i feel you know eververse people are you like does it you know do i bother with this is there any reason for me to read this there is i'll just say that we'll talk more about that when we get there but um anyway yeah
1: so uh what are Essa said that it was crap and she as you <laughs> said blood-letted blood what all were over some of the, the things place. that she pointed out.
0: Um I probably well one comment I'll never forget was simply a comment in my Google Docs why? Okay. <laughs> It ranks right. up there with the other harshest. Our mutual friend, Polly Brewster, left me a comment in what became a country of eternal light, which the comment was simply, you're better than this. <laughs> 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 so that's when you know you've got true friends. Um, uh, I won't get into all the detail with uh, what Essa said, but basically it was... Um, it was all tangled up in knots. And it was the... the You were talking earlier about your story with uh, Lucian and some of the decisions you were making and things. You were like yourself, you were questioning, well, why is this river 15 miles wide? I wasn't even questioning in the story why some things were the way they were. And so okay. so consequently, it was a miserable experience for the reader because they had... And also, I, I simply had no means prior to this experience i just related of uh, unloading exposition, anything like that, because I I, I had no way until the last few years of being able to deliver that because in my head, it's just all this tangled burl, knot mess. And so that's how it came out on the page. And so it's something I've gotten much better at over the last few years and over the let this, sequence of books to the point where that short, you and I were talking about a short story last week I wrote as a I was inspired by our conversation about Thor and fat shaming, which has mm-hmm. the single best for me personally delivery of exposition that I've ever written in that short story. Part of that is the character. The the character in that story is Abby from the Eververse. And Abby is the perfect instrument to deliver exposition because she's bang. Right? Here it is. And she rattles okay. off in in one line. The entire fucking story to that point, right? Okay. And but the other part of it is, I finally learned how to do that. But these early versions of all these books, and a little bit ever the hero. I'll say, I, I know, you know, I, I I'm very proud of ever the hero. But you can still you can still see the struggle at that point. That book's a few years old now. Um, trying to get, how do I get this information out? How do I get it to you in a way that is not beating you over the head or is like, what, what are you talking about? Um, it was for me, was like wrestling a bear. Um,
1: okay.
0: things like things that are, would, were, were obvious to me as a writer are not obvious at all to a reader. And so I just assumed because the way that my head works, that this is, it was just obvious and none of that was obvious. And so even up until yesterday, it's, Clarity, 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 and I think that's true of all writers, and the in when it comes to things like trunk novels, and when you're when you have those works that are sort of there on the hard drive or, what or you know and some for some of us floppy disks. Um, do you you know what what was the main ingredient that was lacking? I think a lot of time, besides obviously your skill, you're growing in skill, but I think for a lot of not it's clarity it's it's you know are you seeing a novel is very big it's very complex you sort of think of it as simple because you can hold it between your hands the the actual writing of it the creation of it the planning of it is very very complicated talking to other writers who are much more talented than i am you realize how daunting and how um uh complicated a task it is there are all these you're 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 building a a, you're building a a gigantic whatever metaphor you want to use you're building something you're creating something and it has all these moving parts you're just a person (laughs) you know um i think about tolkien a lot um tolkien created this magnum opus and um tolkien's experience in um writing lord of the rings was similar to in this respect was similar to my experience with the Stargun messenger because they both took about the same time which is about 20 years um Mm -hmm. and they were both they're both in some ways his was a content delivery system for this language and this beautiful uh mythology he created stargun is uh not anything like that um but it it's a it is a, it is a, it is an avatar of these things that have been going on in my life, which I had no, I was not, I was unconscious of for a very long time, um, and I feel like becoming conscious of them allowed me to become conscious of the story, which was always true and was always there and always wanted to get out. And uh, Imra and Adari are good avatars, I think, for those things. Imra is. I love them both. Amra is sort of an avatar of, of, um, uh, because she's a living star people, she embodies stars and all their qualities. And, um, the, the stars represent different things to different people. Um, they're, they're also fascinating. They're beautiful. They give light, they give life and they, they also burn. So, um, I, yeah, but it's, so it's been a journey. It's been, you know, it's been exciting this last sort of 10 days or so, two weeks, whatever it's been since Thanksgiving. I, I'm thrilled. I'm literally thrilled to be to be getting to this point on the book. She's done. She's laid out. She's been laid out for a while um, because I just assumed that it was going to get rejected. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I just went ahead and I laid it out myself. And I'm excited because I, uh, there's a lot of growth for me as a, uh, on that part of the artistry. And I think as a writer, I think it's the best book I've ever written. It's probably some parts of it that are, it's very different book from the other books I've written. Um, I, I won't anticipate what people think about it, but um, it's also probably the only Trump novel you're ever gonna see from me, uh, because uh, the other ones are not good and have no hope.
1: Okay. So let me ask you this. Um, When (laughs) you, in 2018, you were in Skywalker ranch and you got inspired to pick it up again. Yeah. So you picked it up. What did that feel like to revisit that story after so long? uh, When it was a trunk, or when it was in the Trump like, how did it feel to look at it after so many years?
0: It, yeah, that's interesting. It feels a little bit like it does now. There was a little bit of euphoria about being able to go back to it, because I it was dead. So I'll back up a little bit. Um, the original core idea, I said earlier that the basic story in the, is the same as it was in the late 90s. That's true. The core idea is not. The original idea was pretty simple it was just star wars meets indiana jones adari in her original form was an archaeologist who went around the galaxy exploring relics and then she then in the course of that happened upon um who was Imra, who was then someone else um, It's it's pretty simple idea it's a pretty good idea it's so good that uh lucasfilm themselves eventually realized it as dr afra in uh the comic book star wars comic books in like was it 2016 dr afra is a archaeologist who goes around the galaxy looking up relics and a, she's a freelancer who ends up working for darth vader in the empire
1: okay
0: um around that time when afra came out i realized was i realized that the book was this idea was definitely dead that it was a good idea but the opportunity had passed. And if I had been in complete control and agents had complete agency in the moment, I might have been able, and I was a better writer than I am, I might have been able to realize the story back in the moment when I was first writing it. I'm always I'm always um, impressed by, you know, young writers who are in their 20s or 30s, who they write a book or they write a mo- whatever and they just seem to have um, a supreme uh, agency over their art and their work in ways that I, I just only feel like in the last five minutes I've been able to find. But I didn't have that. And so if I had, I might have been able to do this 20 years ago, but I didn't. So that led to the story, the concept being invalidated by then the emergence of Afra, And at that point I thought, It wasn't, the book was on, was in the trunk at that point by the time Afro, but Afro came out and I was like, okay, it's done. So there's nothing happening. And then Skywalker, I go there, but I was, I was, I was just, I was inspired. I was, there was all this energy. I'm, I'm looking at all this stuff. I'm looking in the, I'm in the library, in the house at the ranch and as you walk into the the main library at skywalker on either side of the door as you go into the library are these two cases glass cases and inside the cases are all this sort of memorabilia from the movies including actual maquettes from that they made including one of uh, original jabba the hut maquette that they made when they were designing Jabba for return of the jedi things like that the um there was a the Staff of Roth f- from Raiders, the round piece mm-hmm. is in okay. the case. And I was looking at that stuff and like concept art and sort of there was some, dis- you know, things in there. And I was like, I, that f- I felt that, you know, that sort of same spirit I did when I was younger and I was wanting to write the story and wanting to create my own world and be... Yeah. Um. And and that joy and that spirit and that um, um, that fun that that I was wanting to do to begin with, and so I went back to the story and I knew that the original concept was dead, but the original concept was always there, which is that the the Imra and the living stars are the source of filamentium filamentium is is the the flashpoint for everything in the story so adari shifted from being an archaeologist to being a stargun, who is the person who is she is and she's deputized by the scath to hunt down people who are still in filamentium adari doesn't know where it comes from she doesn't no one knows about the living stars and then in the course of the story she discovers the truth she discovers that that you know that, like everybody else that she's been Believed in this lie that her entire life is built on a lie Because their entire civilization in the galaxy is permitted by the butcher of living people mm-hmm. For their for their blood that kicks off the story um, So I got to that and um, I got a draft And then I shared it with Essa as well as some others in my, in my group. And yeah, it was trash and it was no good. And it was like, and, uh, it was very bad, very bad experience. Not going to lie, but it was, uh, ultimately (laughs) productive.
1: So it's trash how did you decide to uh look at it and go you know what i'm gonna keep working on it i just think i always
0: it was a process it was that experience was um helped me to understand about myself and my writing, and then therefore get to the other side of it. This, I should also say real quick, this also was the main reason this particular moment in a series of moments was the main, this occurred in 2000, early 19, this was the main uh, trigger to letting Ever the Hero uh, get to where it got, because Ever the Hero at the same time was, was uh, not good frankly it was there but it wasn't there Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Uh, so the book that finally came out Forever the Hero a year later after that was a book that was informed
1: by this experience so I'm, I'm thinking a lot of people our audience, myself would revisit something that's in the trunk look at it realize it's crap then get proof that's crap from your peers or your firm, your community saying, yeah, it's crap. And for most people, it would go right back in the trunk. Yeah. 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 You're like, all right, well, that was crap." For example, the story I wrote about Lucy, I know it's crap. Absolutely. (laughs) It is not shitty first draft. As we mentioned before in, in previous podcasts, it is shitty all throughout. There is no way. Yeah. (laughs) I don't need someone else to validate that it's crap because I know it, right? Mm. And I've moved on with my life from it. But you, (laughs) either as glutton for punishment or because you firmly believe it, did something different. Mm. And you kept on massaging it. So I'm asking about that. Why did you... Or Why or how did you decide to keep working on it instead of putting it back in the trunk after all of these other people uh, said what they said?
0: I think there's a ton of reasons. I don't know if people would be interested in all of them. I think the most important one is um, Adari is a great character. And I knew that, and I wanted, she didn't really let me go. And she has this great relationship with her ships, her spaceship's AI, her whose name is Crux, uh, designated as CR-UX Crux. They have a great bitchy relationship. Um, they're super fucking codependent. They they hate each other, they love each other, they cannot be separated. Um They're great together. It's very unusual in a space opera. They're dynamic. Adari is, is Adari is maybe feels will feel familiar to some people in terms of sort of space opera trope. She's a she's a gunslinger, she's a type of a type of a person, but Adari herself I think is unusual. Imra is unusual. Imra is um the luminor i i think or i don't i don't feel like they have they're cosmic beings of vast power who have analogs in marvel comics i suppose um but i don't they don't feel familiar and emra as a character she's regal she's powerful she's beautiful beyond comprehension uh she's also extraordinarily vulnerable she's and she's someone who has enormous love and empathy uh, for other people. And and she because of who she is, she has extraordinary insight. She as she often says she, stars illuminate all things. And she sees Adari in ways that no one else does. And certainly Adari doesn't see herself. And that dynamic is very I knew was something I wanted to keep exploring. The world is very strong I think personally I'm, I'm happy to entertain disagreements uh, the the world is vast and it's big and uh, people may find things in it familiar if you've read uh, some of my other books um, and did you keep that I,
1: city that's built on towers
0: it is it's in there uh, the towers are there there's the landscape might've changed a little bit. I forget over time, but the, the, there's a planet. Um, uh, I'm going to avoid info dumping today. Uh, there's a planet that has this, the city of, uh, towers that they go to, which is essentially the same city. It was in 2001 or two. And it's essentially uh, appears at the same point in the story <laughs> that it appeared in 2001 or two. Um, the, um, yeah, I, there was just a bunch of reasons and I I, 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 just kept going back to it. I knew there was something in there and I, I this was a book that I, I think for me, the biggest thing I've realized as a writer and why this idea, I know I'm going on and on about this, which is not really what I wanted to do today, but because I did want to talk about this trunk novel thing The I, the reason the trunk novel, concept is so interesting to me is not just myself but like other writers is because every writer is different and every writer has a different sort of history but that question you just asked me why why this why keep going back to this book i I think for me i think it's i think the thing i've realized about myself and certainly as a writer and, and as a person is that um I had the ideas, I had, I had some ideas, I had some things that, that because of who I am and how I function, I was prevented from actualizing. And so there is an aspect of, um, I'm still trying to get to the point where I accept the fact that autism is a disability I it it's most most I think it, it, it's accepted as that and, and people view it as that and certainly it's labeled on my driver's license as that which is a whole other story um I struggle with that for a lot of reasons that I won't I won't bother people with today but getting around that getting around the idea that i was obstructed that i was disabled from getting to this story and this um these characters was a reason a motivation i think and keep going back to it is to to realize them to enable them and this part of myself and and so i it's a trunk novel for sure it's a trunk novel <laughs> you know it's over 20 years old but um it is also completely ripped out destroyed built rebuilt from the ground up and it's a book that's really informed almost entirely by the last few years certainly the last year so um you know this i this book would not be in the shape it's in if not for the last 12 months or so
1: yeah you've mentioned before that um since your diagnosis, you've kind of felt like you've had to reinvent your identity in some ways. Like you've had to relearn yourself. You've had to Mm -hmm. relearn all sorts of things that maybe other people would have long passed. Um, You know, things that have been habituated over time and you've had to go through that process. So now going back over all those uh things that you've written does it feel like a breath of fresh air like you're looking at them with a completely different lens which is yeah. changing the stories
0: that's exactly what it is i i i've always known who adari was i I had no idea who she was i've always known who emra is i i had no idea um it's like meeting them again for the first time um i added a scene this week into the final chapter in the book that is a scene that anyone else would have arrived at immediately any other writer would obvious that that's their sort of final coda the two of them together that only just occurred to me this week that, that, that that part was missing from the story because i didn't know this these aspects of the story they weren't I wasn't conscious of them um, yeah it is like a breath of fresh air it is like meeting them for the first and now I'm, I'm very excited to go on into the series so it is a series there's gonna it, it'll be a trilogy not gonna go gonzo with several books it's gonna be a trilogy um there is a trilogy that I wrote back in the early two thousands that, um, is I will not be leveraging or harnessing those other books. Those are toast. The story going forward is going to be completely different. There might be like characters or planets or stuff like that, that I'll use, but it's going to be, and I'm really excited about that, about going forward into unexpected places. And, um, uh, continuing with these characters um and following their journeys now that i now that i know really truly who they are and what path they're on um following those journeys and allowing them to grow and unfold in ways that i i have an idea of where they're going but i don't unlike the eververse where i have a little bit more concrete idea sort of the big picture this one i don't and i have an idea but I'm also open to that changing and evolving over time. So, um, and I I think the biggest thing also with this one is with Eververse, I sort of, it's sort of, I have this sort of structure and plan this one. I think I'm I'm okay with like letting it just grow Mm. and letting it go where it will. And so that that's kind of cool and exciting as well. And, um, the biggest thing that makes me excited for is as a writer is to go forward with new ideas. I, I won't be going back to the trunk for any other. I have a few other trunk novels, which are just including one. I don't think, I don't know if you read or not that, that I wrote in college or thereabouts, which I have a sort of deep fondness for, but is not any good. Um, but it was one of those novels that, you know, this, how you learn how to write. And, um, uh, there's no, there's no reason to go back to it. And so I'm excited to go forward with new things and looking ahead and and find new ideas and be inspired by different things. Um, you know, uh, that that's exciting to me right now.
1: Yeah. What about you? Do you want to do real quickly just to kind of refresh my own memory? That first book was Wandering Star. The second one was Living Star. And then the third one was Fallen Star.
0: Was the second one Falling Star? Was the second one was Falling Star, I think. And then the third one I think was Living Star. Oh, this okay. was right. They were yeah, so the titles clearly I was doing what all these sort of YA novels do today on the shelves, which is they all have that sort of title style what would you call it? Sort of sequence where they, they it's like a word or two that they all fit into this sort of thing, I guess, to help with branding, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, had a, I had a weird debate um, with uh, the title of this book because I originally wanted to call it Astra Adari and the Glass Star. And I had a, a couple people tell me that they didn't know what either of those things were. <laughs> and so I was like, I was like, um, so I was like, well, I just, and then I was like, well, I just want to. So I was like, how about Stargun Messenger? Because she's, and then everybody's like, oh yeah, that's fucking cool. Like, it's like, but you don't know what a Stargun <laughs> Messenger is either. It just sounds cool. It's so a gun.
1: It's star, of course, it's it's cool. a
0: gun. Yeah, it's a stargun. So it's it's uh that's the title. <laughs> um, and I have a feeling the title is second book. Will be different. I might I might we might have Astrodari in something. But uh, we'll see. Um that that's a ways away.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I I always liked uh Wandering Star as a title. I thought that was an interesting title.
0: I like the title, yeah. It it it's sort of it definitely doesn't apply anymore. Um Um Titles are always interesting because it's like, I feel like I always, my titles always change for me. I I always feel like in the beginning I have a title for something and then it changes. Ever the Hero was a few different things uh, before, before I got to that. uh, Obviously Stargun Messenger. Um, I remember it was, it was absolutely torture to get to the book of Elizabeth. uh, My first novel to get to the title for that. Uh, Another trunk novel I have is the sequel to Elizabeth, which people actually ended up, if you've read book three and nothing ever ends from the eververse, you've actually read. I salvaged some bits of that um, when they're on Mars, when they go to Red, Miranda Mm -hmm. and Abby uh, that came out of that trunk novel. Some of that came out of that trunk novel Uh, when they're in Clockwork City, which was the only good thing about that sequel. There's a book I wrote about, maybe, I don't know if you read that one. There was a book um, I wrote about, it was just like angels and demons, which um, actually ultimately got me to the point where I sold Elizabeth. Um, because that particular publisher uh, had read the angel book and liked it, but didn't love it. And they wanted to see what else I had. And that ultimately was Elizabeth uh the angel book is is again I love those characters I think the idea is interesting uh but is a definitely a trunk book um not going back to it um oh god I'm sure there's others they're best <laughs> they're best left to uh the trunk but yeah I know I just thought it was interesting uh, to sort of think about the idea because I think we all have and I have too also maybe you do too like in terms of like short stories and stuff I have I don't know how many zombie short stories I have just
1: yeah that's literally kind wor- of, for, for me that's kind of what I've been leaning more towards is having a lot more of those short stories or more moments and those are you know like the ideas there and I've started cataloging them. I've started just yeah. taking them down so I don't forget with the expectation of one day writing them. But now I'm thinking, based on our conversation, maybe I'll just try to write trunk novels. <laughs> like, yeah, not for anything like, else, just to stay in the trunk. But
0: I think that's interesting because, like, I do think there's probably... If you're, like, writing it with, like, the idea this is only for me, there's probably, I'm going to guess, there's probably something liberating in that that's going to free you up. Because another thing that I know f- my for myself and maybe for other writers, that the whole Star Wars of Stargun Messenger, the anxiety of influence was a big inhibitor. Especially when I was younger. And I, w- I, I, I was like, I want to make my own Star Wars. I didn't want to do Star Wars, but... I wanted to do my own Star Wars and so like everybody else in our generation you're in the shadow of that and everything goes back to that and so to be in Skywalker and to be in the epicenter of this thing and, and then that helped me sort of actually step out of the shadow of it and be like mm. I love this I love this this is my DNA. I fucking love Star Wars. I don't want to do Star Wars. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with it. I want to do, I want to do something that has the spirit and the fun and the thing that, that I want to convey that passion and that love and that spirit that I, I get from Star Wars in Adari, but I don't want to replicate any of that. So um, I think writing just for yourself, without oh i I need to sell this or i want it to be this or i'm not i'm never going to show it to anybody that might that might be liberating that might just open up the to get you to a place where like you know this is you're doing something and then then you're like oh now i have something i mean i think that would be kind of cool yeah you know
1: yeah so i think i'm gonna let the let those thoughts percolate and then maybe start 2023 with uh a bit more concrete ideas of writing for the trunk
0: yeah it's like i you know i think everybody should try that if you're interested in writing you should just write something for yourself you know Um, that's not
1: a journal entry
0: that's not a journal entry yeah i mean i think actually to go back to brandon sanderson real quick i i I, I may be misremembering. I feel like he said when he wrote his, what was it, four or five books over COVID, it initially he started writing them, it was just for himself, um, was how that sort of process started to fill up time. Um, and of course he's obviously doing them on his own. He did the Kickstarter and he's gonna be publishing them on his own in 2023. Um, so yeah, you never know. You know I, I think I, you know, And actually, I won't get into the details on this, but there's another writer I know who's kind of in the same boat. And they're like trying to wonder, they're trying to figure out what they're doing next in terms of trying to sell the next book. And it's like, it's a little bit similar to the conversation we were having, which is to just do what you want to do and come what may, right? You know, it's like, that's kind of where I'm at. Just do what you want. And if if it goes in the trunk and stays in the trunk, that's okay you know, and if it, if it's like, Oh God, you know, it's, it's horrible. Um, or if you're like, Oh wow, this is fucking good. Like, you know, um, that's cool too. So, you know, and the great thing is we talked about before. The great thing is, is the, you can, you have options now that you didn't before. So,
1: yeah, I think, I think the only thing that I can salvage from, from that other story is the name Lucian. I like that name beyond that everything else is crap 15 mile wide river crap we're, we're scrapping all of it
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and sometimes yeah maybe that's that's all you need is like the sort of the name but like um yeah I mean that yeah that'd be cool you know sort of and I think it's good too also just for everybody just to sort of revisit things because sometimes you go back to something like that and maybe it's an opportunity for you to reconnect. And then sometimes you're
1: like, nope. I left that <laughs>
0: behind for a reason. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, no, he's, he's gone. He's Yeah. <laughs> I was in a very different place mentally. I was in a very different place. Uh, actually, literally. Because that was California and Kansas City. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, right. So sometimes that that's why those things are in the trunk, because they're, they're, they're time stamps in a way, and sort of to bring them forward. And I, I think... Stargun Messenger is, a, for me personally, for the reasons we've talked about, is a different case, but um, hopefully there's something timeless about it, knock on wood, um, mm-hmm. but, but otherwise, yeah, those things are sort of, their timestamps, they're signifiers of your moment, and in that way, they're good to revisit, if you're trying, you know, maybe you're, you just want to reminisce, or you just want to sort of chart your progress, but... Uh there's a reason, yeah. There's usually a reason they're in there. Um yeah. you know, which is okay.
1: Yeah, I uh I use Evernote right now to kind of catalog the ideas and then I'm starting Scrivener. Uh starting to use Scrivener about like actually fleshing them out. Mhm. So yeah. Maybe, that, who knows. Couldn't. Maybe that'll help. Yeah, absolutely.
0: That'll do it for today, folks. Thanks again for joining us. Once again, I'm Darby Harn, and you can find more information about me and my books at my website, darbyharn.com. I'm also on Twitter at darbyharn. Sugu, how can they find out more about us in the podcast?
1: You can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can reach us at our email address, shelfwarmers at gmail.com. Send us feedback about the show, your thoughts, opinions, recommendations, and insights on our perspectives. We're always happy to hear from you, our audience, and we'd love to share your opinions on our next show. Again, that's shelfwarmers at gmail.com. And if email isn't your thing, we're also on Twitter. You can reach us at shelfwarmers. Give us a holler. We have new episodes every Friday. As always, remember to stay safe, wash your hands, practice social distancing, and get vaccinated when you can. Stick around to listen to a free clip of more content from us. Subscribe today and you can hear the rest of the following and more. Bye-bye.